What's up, everybody? I'm Danielle. And I'm Rob. Welcome to Streamiverse, a 10-minute podcast rooted entirely in spite. We used to be a podcast about Quibi, but they sent us a cease and desist. So now we talk about everything that streams. Quibi's not the only game in town, honey. We're all stuck at home for the foreseeable future, so let's watch some trash together. Here's what's going on today in the Streamiverse. Coronavirus and Quibi, Quibi and coronavirus. So I don't know if you read the New York Times piece with Jeffrey Katzenberg. Which where... one is the Times piece? <laughs> so it's where he... I have opened on the, the one where... piece, which I have not read yet. The, the one where he blames everything on the pandemic. Yeah, he essentially <laughs> says... The, the, the one where he says the daily essentials maybe aren't that essential, that one. Yes. So rude, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes I read that We're like... And we're not even, we're not even Quibi haters anymore. We're just like sort of could be commentators but like we even said that's very rude <laughs> of him to <Yeah>. say <laughs> but yeah it's that one so he meant he he said that like if it weren't for coronavirus this would have been like launched the way it should have with millions of subscribers as it stands it's not at all close to what we wanted it to be like what are your thoughts on that i mean look i obviously don't have any insight into like Quibi's actual business plan or model mm. or projections prior to this global pandemic, right? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm also someone who, in part because like they helped sign my paycheck, downloaded this app on day one and attempted in earnest good faith to consume it, right? Because yeah. I had a little bit of a vested interest in that, right? Yeah. Um, I do think that, like I said, I it's impossible to suggest that like coronavirus hasn't had a massive impact on everything. It's changed the entire world in every conceivable way. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, I, I do think that's kind of what I alluded to before. I do think that there are some strategic decisions that are just really interesting. Like I said, I, for me, I really, really liked the documentary on LeBron James's school. Yeah. Like I, I really enjoyed it. I'm from Cleveland originally. Like I'm a big LeBron person, right? Like, yeah. like I just objectively enjoyed it as content. Totally. And really would have loved to be able to like tweet clips of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I couldn't yeah. do that, which meant the half a million people who follow me on Twitter didn't know that I was really enjoying the specific thing and weren't consuming the content that way. Right. And so right. I, I also have to imagine that that, especially at a time when everyone's a captive audience, we're all stuck in our houses, yeah. that the inability to share stuff off app, I, like I said, I, to me, at least I found a little confounding, still found a little, confounding. still find a little confounding. So like I said, I mean, it's, there's no question coronavirus screwed with stuff, right? Like, sure. of course, mm-hmm. like, and also, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, like, have you, because it seems like they're taking the steps. As I mentioned, I watched 60 Minutes. I cast it to my TV. It was great. Um, and then there's the sharing factor, which I believe they're working on. I don't know, like, at what That's what they told you at. on the podcast. That's the latest I have was what yeah. conversation you all had. <laughs> I know that they want, they probably want to make it like you as a creator, you as, you as the person who's making this content, you can say it right now on the record. Would you like people to share this content? Would I like people, the broadest, uh, the broadest audience possible to consume the important journalism that I'm doing? Yeah. I would really enjoy that and appreciate that. Yeah. Of course. Right. Like, yeah. Yes. And, and I think that there's uh, and again, I think that we're different than, you know, like for, for example, right, to like be like hyper good faith about that question even. And again, like all of this is way above my station. I have no actual decision-making power, any inside information, right? Right. And also, right, 60 Minutes is produced by CBS News, which is a broadcast-like organization. What happens if Quibi suddenly becomes like a TV channel? 
mm-hmm. right? Is, is CBS now competing with CBS? You know, like, I understand why there might be some weirdness about some of that. Right. And also, when I break news, I want everyone to see it. Yeah, of course. Right, as the producer of the thing. Especially, so, yeah. yeah, especially in the news, like, in the news vertical. You'd think that, like, it's so right now, it, it's so relevant. So you want to be able to right now say, look at this, share this now. Yeah, put it everywhere. Yeah. So have you like, have, other than right now, have you voiced that with people or is that oh, like? Yeah. And I think that there's been, I mean, there's been a lot of conversation. I know, and I know the team at 60, at least we've always had conversations. Again, it's kind of like, it's kind of segmented. Like we have our team and our people we work with and then like appointed people from our team talk to the queer people. You know, like, it's not like I'm like, hey, Jeffrey, you know what I want is, no, that's not the world that really, like, that's not how it works. And also, you know, I think we've always been really, conscious of how do we make sh- we want to do journalism that makes the ground shake of course we're thinking about making sure as many people in the world see that journalism like there's no question um and like i said i was encouraged by the decision to let us like we've only had one episode and that one episode is available or we've had i guess two episodes three episodes and three. one of those three yeah is available to the entire world to see yeah that's like much better than what can be said of most of the shows right and so <laughs> I think yeah. that I'm, and so we'll see what happens on Monday when we have this show. <laughs> and then what happens the Monday after that? Like, it does seem like a bit of a moving target, at least for us. I'm curious, like, because you're this, uh, uh, I always say a Pulitzer. I know that's not how you say it. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. <laughs> you're like at the top of your game. You're young. You're hungry. You're like out there. Like, did you pitch Quibi or did Quibi pitch you? Or sh- I should say 60 Minutes, I guess. Uh, um, I don't actually know the entire origin story. What I know is that I got a text from my homegirl, Shauna. Because okay. again, like seven black people in journalism, two of them <laughs> in DC journalism. That's me yeah. and Shauna on this. Right? I got a text from her and she was like, hey, would you ever take a meeting with 60 Minutes? And I was like, definitely not. I would never take a meeting with 60 Minutes. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> and so like, at this meeting, and in part because I knew Shauna, I was aware of Quibi conceptually. We we're all like, what's this thing you're working on? Like, you know. And so she had gone over pretty early on. And she was like, you know, we're working on some partnership with them. Would you be willing to talk? And I was like, of course, I'll take that meeting and have that conversation. And, and like I said, I think for me, a big part of it was the ambition and the aspiration that like, mm-hmm. look, we want to do 60 minutes. It's not 60 minutes junior. It's not like, we're going to do 60 minutes. Do you want some of the biggest budgets in journalism and some of those talented producers and editors and camera people to work on the stories you care about and work on? Yeah. Pretty easy answer for me at least. Right. Like, yeah, right. I'd like to do that. And even, you know, and, and even if it's an experiment, even if I'm terrible at it, even after like the first segment, they're like, never mind. Like I am better off for having done that once and learned yeah. and so that was kind of my calculus it was like i know if 60 minutes is going to do it the work's going to be good yeah, yeah. i mean that's the thing across the finish line like the work will be great yeah 60 minutes has i mean this it's sort of like the gold standard of like i mean <laughs> sunday night appointment news viewing right so so it's it i can see where their hearts were in the right place of like let's make that on an app let's make that tech let's make that you know available to reach younger people too right like in a world where there's an app that is theoretically like very aggressively targeting 25 to 35 year olds right Mm -hmm. yeah it makes sense for 60 minutes to want to be in that space you know one of the things i think about a lot is like you know i'm like a news loser so i like watch 60 minutes and stuff but like the average Mm -hmm. person in my age bracket perhaps not like perhaps not what they're doing on sunday evenings right right and and so 
But I think about like even my younger brothers who are in their early and mid twenties, right? Mm -hmm. Do they, what do they, I don't know what they associate 60 minutes with, but they do have a desire for like high level, well-produced. So the example I always use is 30 for 30. They know what that mm -hmm. means, right? Yeah. Oh, that's like the really good documentary stuff that ESPN does sometimes. Not some like daily news nonsense, not some like YouTube, but like, no, 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 like a really high end, right? And so yeah. how does 60 minutes, which does among an older subsection of people have that reputation for like quality magazine journalism, how does it build that reputation and transfer that reputation to younger people? And so I think that that mission explains why it might make sense for them to try to be in a space like Quibi, what separate of like whether Quibi works or not. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings me back to, so Quibi launched in April and, you know, we've all seen the commentary about Quibi. We've been a part of the commentary about Quibi. As someone who's, as you mentioned, very much online, when you see when you see the tweets or the commentary about Twibby, probably Quibi, sorry, probably from people who like are your friends or who, you know, you respect their opinion and they're probably really funny. Like, how does it feel knowing like, oh shit, in June I have to promote a show on Quibi? Look, I appreciate a good meme and a good joke as much as any other person in the entire world. And I would never stand in front of the internet and tell it to stop getting its jokes off ever in any context like, yeah not where i'm at how it's you know my job is to do the thing that i do right and mm -hmm. and to be clear i'm happy to i don't think this is necessarily true right but i'm also happy to be like the one good thing on that that's fine i don't think that's true i think there is other good stuff yeah, right but yeah. um but for me it's like it presents a challenge like how do i take a world that is very skeptical of this app for all types of reasons, like not, content, not just content reasons, for execution reasons and rollout reasons and New York Times articles. But how do I say, all right, seems like a challenge to me to like make sure that this is really good. And, and an example I'll give is like Quest Love sent a tweet the other day where he was like, fine, you guys got, finally got me on Quibi. I watched the 60 Minutes thing and I got stuck on this app for three hours, right? Yeah. Like, I'll take that win. Like, that's fine with me. Like, if, like, the whole thing burns to the ground tomorrow, I'll be like, yeah, but I got Quest Love to watch it, so. <laughs> well, that's one thing I'll say for them, at least right now, and it's like, you know, I get reminded every time I log in, it's 16 days left on my free plan <laughs> because the paid starts in July. But at least now they're building a little bit of a catalog. If you're like me and Rob, who got it, the day it launched, it felt like you could watch everything there within an hour. Of course, and it just took a little time. And I had to like step away for a little bit in part to go like make a show. And right. now that I'm back in it a little bit, at least there's there's some more. And what's also true is some, a lot of the announced stuff isn't even out yet. Like I'm waiting for this Legends of the Hidden Temple reboot. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. It's, so kind of getting back to the other question, right? Who knows what other content's there that they're sitting, you know, like the current mix or the original mix isn't even necessarily the, I mean, who know, they had to make decisions about that too, right? Maybe yeah. they're sitting on the Tiger King of Quibi. I don't right. know. Yeah. I would love for that to theoretically be true since Quibi cuts my paycheck, but like, I don't know <laughs> that, right? Like maybe they are, right? And so it's yeah. kind of interesting. There's so many different subjective decisions that had to go into something like that. Who knows? What show's gonna premiere tomorrow where we're all gonna be like, never mind, we were all wrong about Quibi, it's amazing now. Oh shoot, we ran out of time. But don't worry, we'll be back every weekday for the rest of your lives. To see how this conversation ends, tune in next time on Streamyverse. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share with your favorite stream millionaires. See you in the Streamy.